Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Dreams, Passing the Test that Bring Our Dreams to Pass. This is our final lesson in this series. I've had a blast with it. And, you know, our dreams are those things before we were born that God wrote in his book, before you ever took your first breath. And they're the things God created you to do. And we all have them. And uh, this series is all about passing the test that enable those dreams to come to pass and enable us to fulfill them. Remember from lesson one, um, when, you, when you accomplish one dream, it doesn't matter what age you are, how young, how old, God's going to keep putting new things inside of you. So this series is all about making sure we pass these tests so we can bring our dreams to pass. And so we talked about the pride test and making sure uh, we pass the pride test. And then we talked about the purity test. And then we talked about the prison test. And last week, we talked about the pardon test. And uh, Terry Zupo who, Zupo, who oversees our children's ministry, uh, and her husband, Steve, is involved there in Boardman. She did an incredible job. And I'll tell you, the chatter was amazing. Uh, people just, it really impacted lives. So in Boardman here in Warren Online in the chat rooms, can we say thank you, Terry? Can we just give it up? She did an incredible job. She really, really did. And I have the privilege of talking about the final test, which is called the power test. And the power test is twofold. It's whenever we're in a position of power and uh, we want to make sure we pass this test. Or uh, it could also be if you're a parent with children that are school, still school age, you're in a position of power. It could also be uh, if you have certain gifts and those gifts elevate you. So how do we pass this power test. And I have a big idea for this lesson. This is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. And it goes like this. The power test is the toughest test. And I have found it's the most difficult test out of all the tests that we talked about. And we're going to have some fun as we talk about this test. Our 16th president said it this way. He said, nearly all men can stand adversity but if you want to test a man's character, give him power. And that is so true, right? And when we get in that position of power, we kind of find out exactly who we are, whatever position it is. It could be you overseeing something at work, overseeing something here at Believers, having an incredible gift, whatever it is. Uh, we want to make sure we understand how to pass this test. And I like what Proverbs says, twenty-seven, twenty-one. The purity of silver and gold can be tested in a crucible, but a man is tested by his reaction to men's praise. And isn't that interesting? When you're in a position of power, you're going to have a lot of people say how great you are, and whatever it is, when you have really outstanding gifts, people will say that to you. And I remember when Believers was young, guys. Um, I started Believers in 83. I was 24. And so this is about 85. I was probably 26 years old. And a lady began to come to the church. And she had been in positions in other churches in the community. And so I really respected her. And, uh, but it was really strange. Uh, the first time she was here, uh, she walked up to me and she said, that was the best sermon on that subject that I've ever heard. And that felt good to a 26-year-old novice, you know? It's like, yeah. But she did it every week. And so every week she'd come up to me and she'd say, that was the 
best message on this subject that I ever heard. And my chest is coming out further and further. I'm like, yeah, man. And I'm thinking I'm all that in a bag of chips, you know? I don't know what that means. Tell me in the lobby, all right? But it's like you want your cake and eat it too. Well, don't you eat cake. If you have it, you're going to eat it, right? So if you know what that means, I just like saying it. Do you think you're all that in a bag of chips? Um, we grew up saying that, but I still don't know what it means. So, so I was just so excited. Uh, and I felt so good about myself. But then I had a young staffer do a message, and it was their first time. And, and they became really good eventually, but it bombed. Their message was really bad. And all I can say is the scriptures they read had an anointing on them, but that was it. And so after service, I'm standing around greeting people, and I was close to the person that spoke, and everybody was so kind to this person who eventually became really good at it. Um, and this lady walked up and she said to, and to, to this guy, and it was something I had taught not too long ago. She told me it was the best she ever heard. She came up to him and said, that was the best message on this subject that I ever heard. And it was like, oh, she says that to everybody, right? And, and so uh, we're going to talk about making sure things don't go to our head, right? And we're going to talk about how important this is. Hey, guys, Here's Joseph. Think about it. Um, 17, God gives him a dream. And then he's sold by his brothers, and he becomes a slave in Egypt. And then he's thrown into prison, and he spends 13 years being a slave and in prison. That's a long time. And then Pharaoh has a dream, and he's told there's this Hebrew prisoner that can really interpret dreams. And he gets Joseph all freshened up. Joseph comes before him, and Joseph says, oh, man, he goes, there's going to be seven years of abundance like you've never seen in the land of Egypt and in this region, and then seven years of famine. And Joseph says, and you, you should prepare during those really good years. And, and so Pharaoh said, you know what? I'm going to make you second in command. Can you imagine going from prison to second in command? This was the world power of the day, be like being made second in command here, you know? It's like, whoa, that's a high position. That was a dictatorship, so it's like you're really in complete control there. He ran the whole country. And I was preparing for this, and I had some prayer this week, and, and you'll know if this is you. And, and you know how we always say suddenly, suddenly the door opened, suddenly God did this, suddenly God, and, and suddenlies are never really suddenly because, uh, you know, this was not a suddenly for Joseph. It took 13 years, but it seemed like all of a sudden, right? One day it was just like, bam, it happened, right? It was a suddenly in that sense. And I, I just, God dealt with me that there's some of you listening in every service, some might be online, could be boring, could be worn, but there's a suddenly about to happen in your life. In other words, a door's gonna open for that dream to begin to happen. So don't lose hope and just keep your focus on God and make sure you keep passing all of these tests because it will happen. So let's look at the story. It goes like this, Genesis 41, 41. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. That's the ring of power. And that means you're in complete control. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. So this is where the Italians got it from, where they, they open their shirt and they have their hair caught in a chain, you know. They got it from Joseph, right? So Genesis 41, 43 says... He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command, and people shouted before him, make way, the great Joseph who's running Egypt is coming, right? Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. 
And you know, as we study his life from this point on, this guy passed the power test. He passed it. And so, uh, you know, I'm preparing for this and I'm thinking, God, well, you're not giving me one, two, threes here. You know, you're not. And, and of course, thank God we have the whole Bible. So you just go to the rest of the Bible and you ask yourself, what do you have to do to pass the power test? What, what have I had to work on in a position of authority? You know, what, what do we have to do to pass this power test? And I came up with three things because the power test is the toughest test. And it's something I think we have to keep working on consistently. And some of you, I'm sure, have conquered these things, but we're gonna remind ourselves of them, right? So here's, here's the first. Don't allow power to go to your head, right? Don't allow it to go to your head, and it can. And the first time I had a position of power, I was 13. And uh, I'm number four of seven boys. And so Jim and Tony and Dave were older than me. And then Mike and John and Pat were younger. And Jim, Tony, and Dave weren't around. And dad and mom had to go somewhere. So they put me as the babysitter over Mike, John, and Pat. So Mike's three years younger than me. That's Pastor Mike of Faith Family in Canton. Hi, Michael. And so he... He, he's three years younger, so if I'm 13, he's 10, and Johnny was eight, and Pat would have been six and a half. They were 18 months apart. And so uh, back then, we called my brother Mike Weasel, and, and that was his nickname. You know how brothers pick on each other? So he was the weasel. And, and here's why, here's why. I was full grown in eighth grade. I was this height, I was about 180 pounds, and I thought I can go to the NFL, and then I never grew anymore, so <laughs> long story. But uh, so... But Michael didn't grow until after high school, and he was 145 pounds in high school. That's why we call him Weasel. And so Mike began to mess around, and I just start pounding on him because I'm full grown already, and I'm pounding on him and pounding on John a little bit, and I'm dominating them, and I'm, I'm just doing a terrible time babysitting. And I told him, and mom and dad comes home, if you tell me, I'm going to kill you. And as soon as they came home, they told on me. And so dad looked at me and said, Joe, you'll never babysit again. I can't trust you. I failed my first power test. You know why I allowed power? Just go to my head. I allowed it to go to my head. And, and every time you're in a position of power or you have an incredible gift, if you're gifted in, in one way or another, whatever you do, it's so easy for it to go to our heads. And here's what I had to learn over the years so it doesn't go to my head or any of our heads, and you have to realize who you really are. And if we're honest, we all know, we all deal with some insecurities, don't we? And we, we all have frailties, and we, we all, if, if people even ever knew, we're all just depending on God's help, right, for whatever we do. And I, I've learned to focus on everything I have came from God, and that really helps me never, ever have to allow power to go to my head. And, and I've also come to learn who I really am. And we'll talk about that. But listen to this. The Apostle Paul, in Romans chapter 12, he's talking about the gifts that God has given us. And he says this in verse 3. Because of the kindness that God has shown me, he's referring to the fact he was an apostle, a very high position. I ask you, the Christians, not to think of yourselves more highly than you should. Instead, your thoughts should lead you to use good judgment based on what God has given each of you as believers. And he goes on and talks about how God's gifted all of us. And what he's doing right here is making sure we focus on the fact that really anything we have, it's from God. 
And it's, we're blessed because of God. And I remember I used to think, well, part of my success is I work hard. And, and you know what? That's really important. But I believe God even gives us the desire to work hard. I really, I really do. And so I've come to the place where I realize everything I do, anything I do in any area, I'm just thankful God gave me the gifts and the abilities. And that's how we want to look at it. And just never to think of ourselves more highly than we should. But also, and this is tricky, uh, especially in a church like ours, in which I would say there's a lot of good churches like ours, but a church that teaches who we are in Christ, right? Not every church will tell you who you are in Christ. But when you accepted Jesus, the Bible says you were recreated. The real you is a spirit. It was recreated on the inside. And it says that you're created in his image and likeness. We call that new creation realities, right? And you're literally sitting in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So I don't want you ever not to think about that. You need to focus on that. But at the same time, we live in a sin-stained body, right? Don't we? And this body is frail. It's sin-stained. It wants to do things we shouldn't do. Our mouth wants to say things it shouldn't say, right? We're all growing in that area. We're all trying to renew our minds and overcome and all those things. But it's good to focus on who we really are. And in the book of James, this really helps power not go to our head. He's talking about the haves and the have-nots, right? And he's talking about people that might be really wealthy, people that might be poor. But the principle is the haves and the have-nots. And I love what he says to us in this text. And it really helps us make sure power doesn't go to our head, right? And so he says this in James 1.9. He says, a Christian who doesn't amount to much in this world should be glad. That word glad means rejoice. I like this. For he is great in the Lord's sight. And notice what he's doing. Sometimes we get down on ourselves and we think, well, I'm not really in that great of a position of, of power. And, and remember, if you're raising young kids, you're in a position of power. If you teach children, you're in a position of power. Um, if you have a gift, it's referring to you in that area. But sometimes we can get really down on ourselves. And here's what he's saying, guys. It really doesn't matter who you are down here. What matters is who you are in God. And let's put our emphasis on who we are in God. But then he goes on to talk about us, uh, any of us that are gifted, any of us that are in positions of power. And he says this, listen to what he says in 10 and 11. But a rich man or a person in power of any sort should be glad that his riches mean nothing to the Lord. Isn't that amazing? It's good to know that. Whoever we are, whatever we've accomplished, whatever we do, however we're gifted, God's not impressed. That's all it's saying. God is not impressed. So God, God's not impressed with me. And you know what? I don't hardly ever do this, but in Borman here in Warren, online, do it wherever you're listening. Um, can you just say this to yourself? Just say this to yourself. God's not impressed with me. Would you say, say, God's not impressed with me. Say it one more time. God's not impressed with me. You're not all that in a bag of chips, right? So, so but, but a rich man should be glad that his riches mean nothing to the Lord. And again, I'm not telling you, please remember who you are in Christ, for he will soon be gone. Listen, to here, here's our earthly future. He will soon be gone like a flower that has lost its beauty and fades away, withered, killed by the scorching summer sun. So he's saying, just like flowers and plants die, eventually we're leaving this earth, guys. So it is with the rich or a person in power. They will soon die and leave behind all their busy activity. And what is God saying to us? Don't allow power to go to your head. He's not impressed. 
No matter who you are, put your focus on who you're going to be, the factor and eternal creature, and just do and be who God's created you to be. And we'll talk about the other two here as we go on, because they all work together. So don't allow power to go to your head. Here, here's the second one. You ready? Don't allow power to go unchecked. And Joseph and others, they did not allow their power to go unchecked. And I think this is really, really important. So it depends who you are, how you're going to work this, right? And I'll give you a bunch of scenarios. But because Believers is a nonprofit, we have a board here. And churches do boards different. The way we do our board here, I want them to be members of the church. I think that's good for us. And I want them to live amongst us. And, and then I gave them complete authority. They have complete authority over the finances of the church. Uh, our CFO and I, we create the budget. We present it to them, and sometimes they say yes, and sometimes they say no. Sometimes they change this, they change that. They decide what everybody's salary is. They decide my salary. And I've had people look at me and say, why do you give your board that kind of authority? And I say, because I'm Joe. I'm a human being, and, and I need to make sure my power's checked, right? I think in a nonprofit, you definitely have to do that, right? But what if you own a business, um, what if you're raising your kids? And uh, you know, typically, if you're a supervisor, you have a boss, so your power's in check with your boss, right? But what if you don't have a boss? How do you do it? One of the things we do here regularly at Believers, and you can do it with a business, um, I, I ask people to come in and go through all of our services, walk in all our rooms, our lobbies, our kids' rooms, listen to my message, watch our worship, and I ask them to give us a report card. It's humbling. And I remember the first time I did it many years ago, they gave me a C on my message. And that was like a bummer. I, and I was shocked. I said, you gave me a C? They said, they said you think you're teaching a, a room full of Bible school students? You, your teaching's just like on Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Nobody's getting it, right? They said, you need to become more practical. It really hurt, but power should never go unchecked. And we need to make sure we have someone in our life that can speak into our lives. And if you have a business, I would encourage you just to you know, bring a consultant in once in a while and, and hear what they have to say. When we were raising our kids, my, my brother Mike and Barb, we watched their kids a lot. Uh, they were way ahead of us with kids. And we were impressed. We thought they did a good job with their kids. So I remember when we had kids, I, I would say to Mike and Bob, Mike's the weasel, you know, but he wasn't a weasel anymore. I would say to Mike, I'd say, and Barb, I'd say, as we're raising our kids, if you see us doing anything wrong, would you let us know? We all need somebody that can say no to us, somebody that can speak into our life. They weren't my boss, but I needed someone that could just speak into my life. And I think all of us, and I've shared this before on a personal level, we need one or two people that can say, you know, speak into our life. And I think, of course, if you do what I do, you need someone that can say no to you. And there's a cool scripture. You guys are going to love this. Ephesians 5, 17. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. There's a few places in the Bible where God literally says, this is my will. That means this is what I want you to do with your life. So I call this the general will of God. And then there's the specific will of God. The specific will of God is what God created you to do, your dreams. And that's different for all of us. And the Bible says you can pray and say, God, whatever you wrote in the book in heaven before I was born, would you put it in my heart? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So pray those prayers if you're not sure why you're on this planet and what God's created you to do. Because you'll have your secular. Sometimes your secular is part of your dream. Sometimes it's not. So you just pray, God, put it in my heart. I, I want to know. And here he's saying, this is for 
General will is for all of us. It's what God's created all of us to do. And it's, it's like wonderful when God spells it out. I like things spelled out. So there's one thing we always talk about, but there's another thing we typically miss. So here's the will of God, verse 18. And do not get drunk with wine in which there is debauchery, or you're gonna do something you're sorry you did when you're under the influence of whatever it is, right? Uh, but be filled with the Spirit. So God is giving us two opposites, right? He's saying every human being has to be filled with something. We all need to medicate on something, guys. Let's be honest, right? So he says the best thing you could medicate on is God. Be filled with the Spirit. You were made to be filled with something. And so it's not a sin to drink, but he's saying don't get drunk and don't be out of control because you'll, you'll regret what happens when you're in those places. But he says there is something you can be filled with. And of course, uh, one part of being filled with the Spirit is receiving the Holy Spirit, praying in other tongues. And that happened to me the same day I accepted Jesus. And it's wonderful. Pastor Bill does a group here called The God I Never Knew. And if you ever get hungry for that, just go through the group. It's amazing. But there's other ways to be filled too. Listen to what he goes on to say. In in verse uh, 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your hearts to the Lord. Verse 20, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to our God and Father. So uh, a heart of thankfulness, can fill us with God's life. Worship, that's what he said in verse 19, worship. And can we all agree? I I, I like the weekends when I'm not the preacher. I I like that because I get to worship more. Usually when I'm preaching, I'm thinking about what I'm going to say, so I can't enter in like you guys can. And I love those weeks, or when I'm in another meeting out of town, I love the worship part of a service. Can you all agree you always feel better at the end than you did when you walked in? right? What happens? You fill yourself with the life of God. If you sing and you actually let it come out, you'll feel, why? You, you get filled with God. So he's saying, that's the will of God. Don't, don't allow other substances to fill you. Let me fill you. And, and so that's powerful. And we usually stop right there. But then listen to this, verse 21, and subject yourself to one another in the fear of Christ. The word and lets us know we're continuing This is the will of God too. And God says, it's my will for all of you to have somebody in your life that you kind of submit yourself to. So you don't submit yourself to everyone, but God doesn't want us just to be this free spirit. So I have people in my life that, not just the board, but I have people in my life that, you know, I'm submitted to them. And I say, hey, if you see something going on in my life and you think I'm out of kilter, I'd like to know speak into my life. We want to have friends like that can, can look at us and say, you know, I don't agree with what's going on, and maybe you can do this better. And the Bible lets us know that's the will of God too. And why? Well, power should never go unchecked. Your gifts, your abilities should never go unchecked. Uh, God wants them to go be under check. Well, don't allow power to go to your head. Don't allow power to go unchecked. This next one's really powerful, and most of you got this one, but let's talk about it anyway. Don't allow power to go to waste. This is really important. In other words, whatever God's blessed you with, whatever position you're in, use it to help people. That's really important. God doesn't give us gifts and God doesn't elevate us and give us positions for us not to use what he's given us. He wants us to use it to bless and help other people. I was in a pastor's seminar years ago. I was a young pastor. 
And one of my friends, he's become a friend, Gerald Brooks. I, I was going to tell a story three months ago about him or two months ago, and then I forgot. My mind went blank. I wrote this one down, so I still don't know what I was going to say. It was just, it was only second service that I brought it up in, so you guys might not even have heard it. But Gerald was talking about us pastors, and you know, when you're in a community for any length of time, I, I've been here this August will be 39 years. You, you have influence, and you know a lot of people. And uh, I remember Gerald just saying, Joe, and talking to all of us, he said, use your influence to help people. And so I took that to heart. And if I'm in the lobby and someone comes up to me, and you know I have to know them a little bit, and they say, I'm looking for a job, I, I, I kind of interview them, and then I say, you have a resume? Send it to me. I'll send it to a bunch of businesses. Or you're a school teacher? I'll send it to some superintendents I know. And, and I just always, I, you know, that takes time. Sometimes you think, that's going to take work to make these calls and do that, just write these emails. But you don't want to allow your position of power to go to waste. And I just want you to think about what God's blessed you with, what he's given you, and how God wants you to use that. It's meant to be used. Even Jesus used what God blessed him with. And, and I want to make sure I get this right. But Acts 10.38, watch this. How God, the word God here is the Father. We know that from the context. How God the Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus is God the Son. He always existed, came into a human body. But notice how they're, they're using Nazareth now. So he's talking about when he came to earth in the human body, God anointed him, the Father anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power. God gave him some really cool things. And then notice how he used them. He went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. And aren't we all glad Jesus took the power God blessed him with and he used it? I'm glad he used it. I'm glad we have all those stories to read in the Bible. But God says that about us too. So one more, and then I want to exhort a little bit. Verse 10, 1 Peter 4. God has given each of you some special abilities. Isn't that cool? I love sci-fi, and I, I love the ones where people have special powers. My favorite is Superman, because everybody else is a wimp next to Superman, right? And I hate Iron Man, because he's nothing without a suit. You know, it's like, come on. And, and then Hawkeye, it's like, when you shoot arrows, big deal. But the Hulk or Superman, indestructible, yeah. But guys, we, God has given each of you some special abilities, right? We, and, and you might think you, you don't have them, but you have gifts from heaven. These are referring to just gifts and abilities God put in us. But then notice, be sure to use them to help each other. That's why God put those in you. Passing on to others God's many kinds of blessing. And the Greek there, the many kinds of blessing, it just means his manifold gifts, and they are amazing. And I love to see what God's gifted people with and their ability. Some, some of you have this great ability to lead, and that's very impressive to me. Um, and others, you just have these incredible gifts. But here's the idea. Don't allow your power to go to waste. Use what God has blessed you with Use the gifts that you have. So I want to be specific for just a couple minutes, and then we're going to pray. But what do you have that you're not using? And why not use it in the kingdom of God? Here's what I learned at every stage of life. At every stage of life, I had an excuse not to use my gifts. Because one of the things I like to do, I do this, this is my job, but I, I always try to help another ministry and volunteer for another ministry. I'll sit on a board at a church or I'll help lead another ministry that's more on a national level. And 
at every stage of my life, I had an excuse not to do those things. When we had a bunch of little kids, I could have said, I'm too busy with all the kids. And I realized sometimes we're busier than others, but I always thought I'll prioritize my life. I can you know, do something here. And at every stage, I remember the stages when the church was growing and I'm spending 65, 70 hours a week and I think I'm just too busy, but I would just prioritize. And then I remember when my parents were sickly and, and uh, you know, you're helping them more and, you're, and, and now they're in heaven. But I, I could have said, I'm too busy with that. And I found out that no matter what stage of life I'm in, and I'm only 63, so I have some stages to come. But uh, so far, every stage, I had an excuse not to do anything with what God's blessed me with. And, and, and so I want to encourage you, don't, don't allow the enemy to lie to you and tell you you can't. Because you can prioritize and you can do something and you, you can use that power. You don't want to just not bless people with what God blessed you with. So maybe you're listening, Boardman here in Warren, uh, TCI, and you're a great singer. Uh, why not get in our worship team, right? Why let it go to waste? We want to hear your beautiful voice. What if you're a great instrument player? You know, why, why not play? What if you're great with tech? I stink with tech, but maybe you're good with tech, right? You can show me how to use all the features on my phone. And, and uh, you know, uh, we, we have tech video, lighting, um, all, all the tech things that we do here. Uh, maybe you're good with people. Maybe you've never met a stranger. You, you know anybody that's never met a stranger? I'm really impressed by them. That's impressive. I love people and I love to talk, but I'm kind of awkward when I first get started. And, and, and I know people, they've never met a stranger. Well, you would be great on our host team, man, if you've never met a stranger, right? Uh, and, and why aren't you blessing people? Some people are really gifted with kids. Why not bless kids or students and use? And so I'm just trying to tell you, don't allow your power to go to waste. And here at Believers, you know, if you, you were up here uh, in the worship team, you can say, hey, I can only give you once a month. That's, that's cool, but use your gift. Do whatever you can do for the glory of God. And don't allow that power to go to waste. And when you're in positions of control and authority, every time you can help somebody, do whatever you can to help those people. So that's why I call this the power test is the toughest test. And I trust I opened up are thinking a little bit. So many of you have passed these tests, but we'll have to pass this test in the future again. There always are times when we have to pass them. But I'm, I'm just excited that God's blessed us with gifts and ability, and I'm excited about who we are in Christ. So in Borman here in Warren, online in the chat rooms, TCI guys, can we give it up and say thank you, God, for all that you've blessed us with? We're just so excited about it. Now let's bow our heads and pray. God, we thank you that you're the God that gives us dreams. You're the God that before we were born, you wrote in a book what you created us to do. And Lord, here's our heart's prayer. Whatever's written in that book that we haven't done, would you flood our hearts with it and make it so we can't even, we can't even go to sleep without having it on our heart. We wake up with it on our heart. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And Lord, as we taught today, if there's anything Lord, anything you've blessed us with that we're not using to the ability we can, would you stir our hearts to use it, Lord God? We thank you for that. Lord, because people are ministered to by people, and help us see that, Lord God. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And maybe you're listening, you're not sure of your eternity. That's really important to us here at Believers. 
Maybe before you heard me minister, you weren't even sure if God existed, or maybe you grew up your whole life in a church of one sort or another, and that's all good, but I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you to join a religion. Here's what I'm asking. Most important question on planet Earth, what have you done with Jesus? That's really important, right? And I can't cause you to understand Jesus. I can't push him at you and make you accept him. But the Bible says God literally will make Jesus real to us. And I really believe there may be some of you listening that this is your day where God opens up your eyes. I remember when he did that with me at 19 and I saw Jesus for who he is, the Savior. You know, the Bible says he came and died for our sins. God raised him up from the grave. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And that's the first step of following God. It's an incredible step. So if you're listening uh, in Borman, TCI, Warren Online, and you say, Pastor Joe, I'm ready today to pray and make it real with Jesus. Would you do that with us? The rest of us, can we help? And just say this after me. Let's pray it. Those of us that have prayed it, let's help them pray it. And just say this. Say, Father, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. I repent of all my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that God raised you up from the grave. I accept you as my Savior. Listen to this, listen to this now. And I make a decision today to begin to follow you. I give you my heart and I give you my life. Make yourself more real to me. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.